0: Hello and welcome to the No Longer Be Children podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Meyer, and we are in pursuit of a mature and stable Christian worldview. And today we're going to talk about pod, about uh, Facebook. And I've um, been through different uh, titles of this. I was going to call it like uh, Confessions of a Reforming Facebook Addict or something like that. And I thought, ah, oh, that's a little bit dramatic. Um, but what I decided to call it instead is just Facebook Sanity. I think we've all been to a place where um I mean most of us are on social media of one form or another. Most of us have Facebook in their mix. Some of us do Twitter, Snapchat, um, you know, LinkedIn and other things like that. And it's all fine and well and it's really, really important. And being basically if you're not on social media, you're missing out on um on life, on you know, even, you know, basic events that happen in your area or ideas that are floating around or, you know, the the global conversation on various things. Um, so, and, and us that are in the ministry, there's various reasons, really important reasons to be on social media, basically, because that's where the people are in ministry is about people. Um, but I think we've all been at a place of it getting out of hand. Um and I just kind of came through another season of this. Um, I tend to, as my life gets busier, um, you know, doing more sermons, doing more, um, you know, ministry and Bible studies and thinking more and teaching more, um, everything just kind of starts running faster and faster in my mind uh, and That all means that I'm posting more and more stuff on social media and more and more posts on Twitter and stuff like that. And everything just kind of revs up, revs up, revs up until usually it's my wife that's like, you know, we need to get away. We need to have a vacation. We need to, we need to calm down. Um, and then we get away and then I kind of calm down a bit (laughs) and I realize, wow, that was a little bit out of hand when I'm in it. It doesn't seem out of hand. It doesn't seem unreasonable. Especially because a lot of people are saying like we really appreciate how what you post, we appreciate what you say, uh, I really get a lot of positive feedback and not a lot of negative feedback on my online interactions these days um, but for myself personally at a certain point and, and probably for my wife as well, although um, um, yeah she it's not like she she has told me that um, that my Facebook use drives her nuts or anything like that um but at a certain point, uh, it can get out of hand. I guess that's what I was trying to say. Um, and, uh, this past year we went to a cabin, uh, as a family and I took some time off and this was a chance because, uh, the internet didn't work down there and it was a chance to just unplug and breathe. And, um, while I was there, I felt like God laid it on my heart. We were about halfway through Lent and I felt like God was kind of laying on my heart. Hey, just, just take a break over Lent. Um, dedicate this to me. And what, what he said was not, don't quit Facebook, but just don't do Facebook in the mornings. Um, just keep your morning separate for, you know, your, your other work. Um, and then you can look at Facebook, you know, after 12. And then after that, uh, I kind of added to that as well that maybe not after nine o'clock. Um, because that's kind of the wind-down time. So I spent uh, a few weeks really strictly following this. No face. Facebook is only between, you know, 12 o'clock and, you know, uh, 9 in the evening. So just basically got 9 hours a day with Facebook, which, you know, is a lot of time. But, you know, if you're kind of plugged in, it seems like that's hardly anything. Um, and uh, what I felt like God challenged me because I felt like... Um, like he, he really spoke to me. He said, you're going to give me this, and after this time, you're going to realize you want to keep doing this, and uh, that is the, that is what has happened. Um, I have continued with this, uh, basically, um, this pattern. I'm going to get into the rules I've made for myself, um, and uh, I've really found some, some good stuff came from putting some limits on Facebook and social media um, that I want to talk through. I want to say from the beginning that uh, this isn't a post, this isn't a podcast about how Facebook is terrible, and it's evil, and it's destroying your life, and uh, you need to just quit it. Um, If you've been on Facebook for any length of time, you know that there's a lot of your friends that'll come on and say, or maybe you've done this, um, you know, I'm done with Facebook, can't handle the drama, you know, and they go storming off. um, Every once in a while they do this, and they, you know, name people that are so terrible, and storming off and then what do you know a few weeks later they're back on why because you know Facebook is life it's it's um what's the important part of life it's really hard to live entirely without Facebook um and so it's hard for people to consistently say that they're leaving it and I'm not I I don't think you should uh, leave it in fact if you're a pastor if you're in the ministry um it's likely a good thing that you're on Facebook because again that's where the people are. Um, and I'm also not going to say that nothing good comes of Facebook. Um, people often tell me this, or I often hear this, that, you know, nobody's ever been saved through a Facebook debate. I hear that often. And that's baloney. People get saved all the time online and through online stuff, especially in closed countries around the world, uh, where they don't have access to ideas, but through the internet they do. Um, but even, you know, who's going to go into the doors of a church, hardly anybody these days, but people are open to ideas on Facebook and they're interested in, you know, asking a Christian what they think or asking somebody from a different belief system what they think. Um, You know, even people listening to this podcast, I'm sure uh, a lot of people have given up on religion or um, have never, were never raised with it, but might be interesting what I have to say. And so I definitely think that Facebook and social media uh, have their place. Um so this isn't this isn't uh, you know, throw out the baby with the bathwater type of uh podcast. Um but it does have a dark side and I'm acutely aware of this because um in towards the end of twenty fifteen, beginning of twenty sixteen, I was diagnosed with um extreme burnout or they called it uh um advanced burnout or whatever. I was burnt out. Um and since that time i've really noticed um because my you know counselor helped me identify the signs of stress and um you know stress is they call it the silent killer because um people are all worried about cancer and such not but and such things but really most people that most people are going to die when their heart fails um i've seen different statistics but it's it's somewhere around like 20% of people will die of cancer, something like 30% will die of uh, cardiovascular diseases, and the rest is, you know, various other diseases. Um, so, you know, when, when we're living a life that is nonstop stress, that's putting pressure on our heart and on, you know, all the, the blood vessel systems that are all fight or flight all the time. And what that's actually doing is cutting down years off of our life. And it's also leading to places where you can get to where I was um, a few years back going through burnout uh, and then really having to cut back on what you can do for a season of time. And, you know, you, I, I've heard people say it and I've experienced it that once you go through burnout, you never really come back 100%. Um, somebody recently asked me, how long did it take you to recover from burnout? My first thought was, I don't know, I haven't recovered yet. Um I still kind of feel like I'm I'm not the man I was before burnout. And so uh if you can avoid burning out in the first place, I mean, please do. Uh and so and, and and so I'm very aware of stress and how that can lead to burnout and even how that can lead you to an early grave. And I think that's something that we in the church don't talk enough about. We're very aware of the dangers of alcohol and you know smoking and things like this, and, and we don't put a priority on the fact that you know your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if you're living in stress non stop all day, every day, and if you're spreading that stress to other people, um, that's very unhealthy literally, uh, unhealthy for your body. Um, so, that's I've got uh, six basic rules here. The first one is the real. You know, big one and also the very simple one. Um, No Facebook before noon and no Facebook after nine. Now, since Easter, you know, when the Lent season stopped, I've broken that rule every once in a while. And I think that rules are kind of meant to be broken in a way. Um, You know, Jesus was very clear that we need to stick to the heart of the rule and not, um, not the letter of the law all the time. But it's good to have these sort of guidelines. And at least when I when I do break the rules every once in a while, uh, I you know, maybe I post something and I'm curious what people thought about it. Um, I know I'm breaking the rule. I kind of feel like, oh, I probably shouldn't be doing this. You know, just check quick and then, all right, no, no more until noon. And um, I have really found that this is a really good common sense rule because for me and for most people, our most productive time is the morning. And when I first roll out of bed, um, you know, I need something to kind of get my brain fluids going and in the past that has been facebook but then it just kind of gets me right into the things we're going to talk about in a second you know the facebook kind of fuzz um and i found it so much better to roll out of bed put my headphones on and listen to my bible podcast and you know be be eating my cereal and and uh, making my coffee listening to the bible and thinking about spiritual things instead of um you know, thinking about war and and global warming and all that sort of stuff. Um, The other thing that I've done a lot of is I've done a lot of unfollowing. Now, Facebook is uh, an interesting thing, right? Like um, people can get really offended when you unfriend them. And even in saying that I've unfollowed people, I hope people don't figure out who that is. (laughs) I mean, people could be offended if they find out I unfollowed them. Um... But uh I have found this just to be a lifesaver because I have almost I have almost a thousand people that are that I'm friends with on Facebook. Um and I can't follow all of them. I mean goodness. Uh and some of them are acquaintances and some of them are people that um, you know, are interested in things I have to say theologically, uh, but you know, we live on other other sides of the world and stuff. Um and so for sanity's sake You don't need to follow everybody that you're friends with. and I I don't know if you know this, but it's really easy to unfollow people. You're still friends. They can't tell whether you're following them or not. Um, And then, you know, your your newsfeed is just that much shorter and simpler to get through. As well, you can snooze people uh, for a length of time. And uh, recently, I snoozed a bunch of people for 30 days and just kind of, you know, some people are just nonstop politics or nonstop certain issues and... At a certain point, I'm like, you know what, let let's just give you a break for 30 days, and in a month I'll come back and see if you're still harping on the same thing, and uh, if so, maybe we'll do a more permanent solution. And um, and you know, you can revisit these lists um, at a certain point. Say, oh, maybe I should go back and look at my look at who I'm following. Maybe I need to follow more people or less. Um, but I just throw that out there as something that um, surprisingly few people know about unfollowing people a lot of people think that you need to just unfriend people but when you unfriend people then they get a notice or they find out eventually that they're not friends anymore um and then they start to ask well why not did I do something wrong did I offend you or something like that um you know I was recently unfriended by somebody and and uh they explained to me later well I'm just cutting down my life just simplifying I only have my friends on there or my family um and that's fine but my first thought when when i was unfriended was oh man did i do something wrong did i offend this person so anyways unfollowing just seems like a better way to do it than unfriending because they don't know about it and um it makes your life simpler without drama and we want to avoid drama um i found myself leaving a lot of groups i was in a lot of facebook groups various theology you know topics and and uh you know apologetics and philosophy and different things I cut it down to just one group that I really enjoy, um, and I especially left a lot of groups that I felt weren't moderated very well. The reason I like this group, I follow uh, Patristics for Protestants, and I really enjoy it because it's in—it's something I know a lot about, and it's moderated really well. When people start getting mean, pretty soonly, pretty quickly, you see a moderator jump on and say, "Hey, this is a—we want to be nice in here. You know, these are the rules, these are the standards," um, and I appreciate that. And if you have groups where anything goes and people get mean and people, you know, um, really, uh, you know, aren't nice to one another, then there's no need for you to be in there. Uh, And um, so, anyways, that's another thing is just leaving groups that aren't moderated very well. Um, I made a list that's just friends and family. Um, That was... Primarily at first, for family photos, because um you know I can't show kids of or pictures of my kids to all nine hundred of my friends. I don't know who a lot of these people are uh and so I made a list of you know it might just be seventy or a hundred people that I've met in person that I know that um are you know family members, and these are the people that I show pictures of my kids to um And then so when I kind of cut down my Facebook life, I started just sharing, you know, daily events, not with all my friends, but just with with my close, um, this list of family photos. And I found it just it's a lot simpler. I mean, I get a lot less likes, a lot less comments, but, um, you know, it's a quieter, simpler sort of existence. Uh, Before posting, I try and ask questions kind of like this do I have all the facts? So there's some things I'm an expert on, but there's a lot of things I'm not an expert on. And and so I might see something on Facebook and, oh no, this is happening and this is terrible and I need to share this. Um, but do I really have all the facts or am I just sharing a Facebook meme that might be false for all I know? Uh, does the world need to hear this? Um, does the world need to hear this from me? And does the world need to hear this from me right now? Um... As I backed off from certain issues, I realized, you know, there's a lot of people that are saying really good things about politics and about the environment and about, um, you know, certain other issues. And, um, you know, I could echo what they're saying, but really they're doing a good job and more power to them. And I'll just spend the amount of time I have, and the credibility that I have focusing on things that I actually know about and that I actually, you know, am kind of an expert on. <clears throat> and finally, where's my heart in wanting to post this? Uh, is this just a subtle attempt to brag, to say, look at me, to show off, or to cause a ruckus? Um, there was a comedian that said, uh, kind of one of those comedians that it wasn't super funny, but it was kind of insightful into the human condition. You know, when there's this big tragedy... Uh, another school shooting or something like that, um, everybody goes online and says, oh, my thoughts are with you, my prayers are with you, or, or this is what I think about gun control or whatever. And he said, this is the most despicable thing you can do. Now, I don't know if it's despicable, but he said, really, you don't care about these people. All that you're saying is, in this time you know, of, of desperation, in this time of sorrow and distress, look at me. Look at what I think. Look at what I feel. Look at what I am saying about this issue. Um, Now, that's kind of cynical. Um, But what are our motivations in... Why do we feel such a pressure to post what we feel, what we think about various issues? You know, sometimes something does really move us. um, And something does really hit close to home and we do really feel like all right i need to want to say something about this um uh, that really expresses who i am and what i think and and will contribute positively to the world or is just me sharing my humanity and other people will connect with that um but there have been times when there's been a crisis in the world and i have literally felt like if i don't say something about this people will judge me people will think you know that i don't care why why do we feel this great pressure to to share what we think about these things, you know? And is it just a subtle way to say, look at me, um, care about me, think about me. Um, and I certainly would admit that there's many things I've posted just because I want people to think that I'm smart or that, uh, I want people to pay attention to me. Uh, and, uh, there's better uses of my time than, uh, trying to get people to look at me. So as I kind of backed off from Facebook, and I really felt like it was a process of unplugging, um, kind of going through withdrawal and and backing off. Um, there's four things here that I found. Um, first of all, when Facebook is okay, these are four things. When Facebook is in control, these are four things that happened, and I started realizing this as I kind of backed off from Facebook. Um, first of all, and really importantly for me as, you know, kind of an academic or somebody that preaches a lot, teaches a lot, a lot of my time is mental time. Um, when Facebook is in control, I can't plan my emotional slash intellectual day. I can't plan what's going to go on in my mind because I roll out of bed, look at Facebook and it might be dancing cats, you know, doing something clever, or it might be starvation, and it might be you know uh, religious fanaticism, or it might be somebody angry at religion, or it might be you know and and then mentally I get up and I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about what I'm gonna say and I'm I'm angry about it and I'm or I'm depressed about it or whatever, and then you know my whole morning is kind of set to that pace that I'm I'm thinking about this and I'm, I'm writing these these posts in my mind and half the things I write in my mind I don't end up publishing which I used to feel really proud of that. You know, I wrote a full Facebook post today and, and told this person that they were wrong, but then I was so humble or whatever that I didn't post it. But really, what a waste of time to think through exactly what you would say to something, but then I'd never say it. Um, and, you know, most importantly, like maybe I should have been working on a sermon or maybe I should have been thinking about, um, you know, a class that I should teach or something like that. So, when Facebook is in control, I don't have any control over what's going to happen in my mind. Um, it just depends completely on what other people are going to post on, on uh, their walls. Secondly, uh, when Facebook is in control, I'm continually living in the fear of man. I'm fearing that people are going to judge my parenting style, my use of leisure time, my life choices, my beliefs, my views. Um, you know, because I'm putting it all out there. And I feel almost like if I don't post in a day or if I don't share something big that happened, people will kind of wonder, well, why, why didn't you share that? Or why didn't you post today? What are you hiding? Um, and when I do post it, um, especially if I post it like, you know, I did this and this is the way it should be done or I'm so proud of this or whatever. Often people will push back and say, well, you know, I do it this way or that's not the only way to do it. And, and then I feel like I'm judged or, or there's some sort of attention there. Um, and so simply by limiting who actually has access, and I mentioned I had this very small group that I share, uh, you know, kind of private family matters with, um, you know, there's just a lot of that tension is gone. And a lot of it as well, I've asked myself, like, why, why am I posting all this stuff about my private life? Um, you know, I have curtains on my windows. Why don't I have curtains on my Facebook um, you know, I can take pictures, leave them on my hard drive and the memories are there, uh, whether or I share them with anybody or not. Um, and so, you know, being really plugged into Facebook, you know, can lead to all sorts of stress and, and fear of man that is completely unnecessary. Um, thirdly, when I'm, when Facebook is in control, I'm continually plugged in, which means that ideas, arguments, conversations from one day roll into the next day, and the next day, and the next day, you know, right from the moment I wake up to like late at night, I'm still thinking about these things, I'm still logging in to, to finish my debate, and, and reading, you know, back and forth some discussions, and there's really no rest, there's no relief from the constant, incessant conversations. Um. And just by the simple act of putting Facebook into a time constraint of between noon and nine, uh That has meant that, as i've been sometimes in in you know these back and forth back and forth debates, well, it gets past nine o'clock, and it's like well i'll pick this up in uh whatever that is uh fifteen hours, you know uh tomorrow afternoon um and that often is enough time that then the other person kind of forgets about it, and then if I comment it's like, oh yeah. Like it seems like a long time ago uh, and and they might say one or two more things but um, the conversation kind of ends at that point which is often a healthy thing you know you, you debate to for a certain point and then it's like alright we're done Um. and also just these I mean there's a lot of really grim things in the world and we do need to face them we need, do need to be aware of them Um, but for the sake of sanity and rest we need to also be able to unplug and To really rest, you know. Um, so I'm just picking this up uh, a little bit later. Um, you know, one out of seven of the days of the week is set aside for rest, and one out of ten of the Ten Commandments is rest, take a day off. You know, one of the main things Jesus talked about um, when he was on earth was rest, take a break. Uh, and by his time, kind of, people had gotten the the day of rest wrong and had kind of turned it into a day of religious duties and I can almost hear Jesus saying how can you mess that up I said take a day off take a break relax rest it's not a day to add extra burdens and expectations to yourself it's a day to rest um, and God has made humans in such a way that if we don't sleep if we don't truly rest just unplug and go unconscious and you don't know, do nothing uh for you know it's like seven or eight hours a day a little bit more a little bit less depending on the person but a good amount of time if we don't do that what's going to happen is we're we're going to our body's going to start shutting down we're going to have less and less functionality and you can actually die from not sleeping enough um Some people have a disease, I think I've mentioned this in the previous podcast, but some people have a disease where they literally can't sleep, and that disease is fatal. Um, but a lot of us, before we get to that point, we just get to an unhealthy place of anxiety and stress and unhealthy thoughts, um, that, that plague us because we aren't able to sleep and rest like we should. And so, I had just found it to be so helpful as I have unplugged, um, To really be able to sleep and to rest, uh, to, uh, you know, rest is a statement of faith. It was uh, John Piper that pointed this out, I know I've mentioned it a few times, but um, rest is a statement of faith, it's declaring to God, God, you can handle it. The sun will rise, the sun will set, without my intervention, you know, the world's going to keep turning, Um, I'm going to take a rest and everything is going to be okay sometimes taking a vacation, this is a little bit off topic, but sometimes even taking a vacation from your ministry or job can be a statement of faith in God and in your co-workers to say, I'm not the only one that can, through whom deliverance can come, you know, God can take care of this. Um, And so I found it tremendously helpful to unplug sometimes. Um, The fourth thing I found is that I was always plugged in in the sense that I literally started to feel as though you know, as I was backing off from this and kind of feeling the tug of that kind of almost a withdrawal and then kind of seeing myself in the third person and this tension and like, why is it so difficult to go without Facebook? Like, come on. Like, I'm a grown human being. Uh, this is just a, an app, application on my phone. Like, why why am I having such a hard time getting through my morning without clickety-clickety-click on Facebook? Um, and I am not a neurosurgeon or, you know, an expert in any way, shape, or form, but I I really have a suspicion, and I'm sure that if I did a bit of research, I'd, this would be confirmed, I have a suspicion that avid Facebook use, and I think what most of us do would consider, would be considered avid use, you know, if you're logging in about once every 20 minutes to an hour throughout the day, even if it's not long, um, but kind of... You know, you're not going more than an hour without going on to check if you have any likes or, or comments or whatever and doing a little tappy tap and then back to your life I think that sort of use um, has a very pronounced effect on your brain because this is what I started noticing is I'd be working on something that I don't like um, you know there's parts of, of my job that are you know I'm I wear all the hats to keep me going you know with um, I love the preaching I love the teaching I love the people but I don't like the support raising and I don't like the doing the books and I don't like you know some of these back end sorts of things and so I'm sitting there doing something I don't like and my brain is like I'm bored you know our brains they're like a little kid you know it's like give me candy give me candy Uh, I'm bored and so when my brain wants some candy what do I do? I click over to Facebook, see if there's any likes, any comments. If there are, hey, brain gets a little jerk, little shot of whatever, like it's happy. A uh, little dopamine shot or, or whatever the chemical is. And then I go back to my life, you know, and I work on something and then I get bored again. and like, go back um, to get another little shot of happiness juice. And it's really as though, um, like we, to, if I'm really honest you know, the times I've really been plugged in, um, and I, again, I just kind of came through a season of that where I was like, it was too much, you know, in hindsight, uh, it's almost as though I am on a drug, you know, it's like, you know, alcohol or, or cocaine or, or something like that. I mean, th- there isn't the huge physical side effects, but I'm under the influence of something where I'm relying on something else to give me pleasure, give me happiness, give me that little shot of joy, um while I'm doing things that I don't like. And, you know, um, somewhere in the Bible it says, uh, do not be enslaved to anything. You know, that we shouldn't, and and some people have said that's why they don't even drink coffee or certainly don't want to get addicted to alcohol or smoking because they don't want to be enslaved to anything. Um, And yet, you know, honestly, Facebook and social media can become uh, something that enslaves us. But also, it's... It's not a good drug. Like, it doesn't do good things, it seems like. Um, Especially when what I'm relying on is kind of these Facebook debates, dialogues, where I'm, you know, going back and forth, back and forth. And what I'm expecting to have is that, that pleasure shot of people think I'm smart, people agree with me, people, you know, give me the like, give me the thumbs up. You know, when that works, sure. I mean, I'm having that little happy moment those little happy moments throughout the day although you have to question whether it's a really healthy thing if the only reason I'm posting is so that people like it you know instead of pursuing truth uh, in humility but also um, often it doesn't work you know I go back to the discussion under some theology whatever or patristics or whatever the discussion is and the person thinks that I'm stupid and don't have haven't researched the issue at all you know and then well then I'm all worked up you know and I'm offended and got to get out the you know my my old books and and flip through them and try and find an answer to his question and you know and I should be working on you know this thing that I don't want to do that I'm working on um and so it's like it's a drug that's supposed to make me happy but sometimes it doesn't make me happy sometimes it makes it a lot worse and my brain like I'm sitting here working I'm just thinking of a day doing books you know or something that I really don't like doing Half my brain is doing the books, the other half of the brain is doing these conversations and, and debates or, and stuff like that. Like My brain is working overtime, kind of half and half working on these things, and I mean really it's, it's not healthy. Um, it, it's, you're training your brain to be basically ADHD, to, be, to not have a long attention span, you're, you're teaching your brain uh, that there will be instant rewards, instant gratification. Um, whenever there's boredom you just go to the happiness you just go to click something you just go um, and and this is the opposite of what we want to do I think a lot of, I've seen um, a lot of things that saying that it's really bad for kids to have tablets for this very reason because it trains their brain to have instant gratification and what we're losing as a society and even us Gen Xers that should be you know old and mature and beyond all this sort of stuff even we are training our brains to have instant gratification and are losing the capacity um, to do long, tedious things and to find rewards for um, rewards and satisfaction for a job well done when things are difficult. Have, have you ever watched like one of those really old movies from like the fifties, forties, fifties, sixties? Like, even the way that we do movies has changed drastically. Like. Those old movies like Lawrence of Arabia or Ben-Hur, like they were just so boring. I, like as a kid I watched them and I thought they were, they were very engaging. Um, even like Mary Poppins and things like that. Like you watch them now and it's like they just seem so boring. Because we've just become trained as a society to have like a laugh a minute kind of go, 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 go. go there's no downtime, there's no calm, there's no relaxing, there's no walking from place to place. It's all just like um, just go, 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 go. Um, Like a cartoon for kids I guess. Um, And if we don't watch it we can do that to ourselves in our own lives and I don't think that's doing anything good for our brain chemistry. All right. so after um, as I kind of was in withdrawal or kind of gradually becoming unplugged from Facebook, um, those are the four things that I noticed Um, kind of looking back uh, would have described kind of what did Facebook intoxication look like to me. Um, Looking forward, some of the things that uh, I have noticed or things that changed in my life as I kind of just put these very basic um, stipulations on my Facebook time. Uh, number one, I've got seven here. Um, I started noticing, noticing birds. Um, I have a bird feeder out in front of my window, um, and uh, yeah, all of a sudden I just kind of noticed like this really cool birds coming to this feeder. Um, and uh, you know, in the times of my day when when I can take a break and just sip some coffee, you know, usually that was a time when I'd be on Facebook and be posting and, and things like that. But just took the time to drink my coffee and look at the birds you know and and notice their colors and then look up online what kind of birds they were what's their names talk about them with the kids and you know watch them kind of dive bomb each other and fight over the food and it's god's creation right in front of me you know and i just been so plugged in that i didn't notice these sorts of things um i rediscovered my kindle i bought a kindle years ago um and really it's just sat on my shelf for a long time now. Um, actually was so out of use that uh, one of the buttons really doesn't work very much anymore. Sometimes electronics when you let them sit, um, the contacts in the buttons um, get a bit of corrosion in there. So, it, But once I got that working I had to kind of take it all apart and clean it and put it back together. Um, man, I just started falling in love with uh, reading uh, again. Uh, I haven't read fiction in years and years. This is all the way back to high school when I read Lord of the Rings and it just kind of took over my life. <laughs> I said, I'm done. I can't I can't handle fiction. Um, but I restarted reading fiction because, you know, I've got these down times in my day. Uh, I don't work from sunup to sundown. I do have some times that, that I can just sit and, and relax, and I should, to the glory of God, sit and relax sometimes um and so i downloaded harry potter in french Uh, i figured this is a good way to practice my french but it's also fun like it's not just work and i'm on uh the fourth book now um i'm really enjoying it um i'm not entirely sure it's a kid's book but it is definitely easy reading and it's i mean i'm not don't think i'm gonna (laughs) whatever people get really worried about harry potter um I don't think it's going to affect me. Although I do see the wisdom in not necessarily giving it to your kids. Um, that's another topic for another podcast. But I'm I'm enjoying just reading on my Kindle, having fun. Um, I found myself, yeah, in my downtimes. I mean, I don't don't just read all day, obviously. Um, I found myself talking to my wife and close friends more often because, you know, it's not just vanity that makes us want to put our life somewhere like there's something very basic and human about we want to share our lives with others Uh, our lives are significant and they it seems more significant when you share it you know and when you have a thought or or something interesting happens to you you want to share it you know and because i was kind of putting these rules on myself and i kind of had an unspoken thing of not more than one post a day or even even less than that you know so What do I do when when I have an interesting thought or something interesting happens to me? Well, I find myself, I feel more pressure then to talk with somebody. Like, maybe I'll just talk to my wife. It's an amazing concept. Married 12 years, you know. It's uh, (laughs) But it's amazing how all of a sudden I felt like more of a pressure to, I ought to just talk about this with her. You know, here's this funny joke or funny anecdote or, or something interesting that happened and just talk to her about it or else Facebook message her. Or else I have a few close friends that, you know, I text back and forth with on Facebook Messenger. Uh, Facebook Messenger to me is different than Facebook, um, personally. Um, and it's not, you know, there isn't 600 people reading this and you're not going to get 30 likes and, and 10 comments on it. But somebody that is close to me and, find and is my friend, you know, it, it made an impact on their life, you know. And it's okay to have a smaller life. Um, less complicated. I found that my mental time has freed up immensely. Uh, I didn't... You know, while I was really in Facebook intoxication, I would have defended up and down that this is worthwhile, this is good. You know, look at all the good things that are happening through this and people are giving good comments and, uh, you know, I've made good friends through Facebook and um, people know me in the community through Facebook and, you know, there's all good reasons and they are good reasons and I I, again Facebook is not it's not evil it's just how you use it um but as I found myself cutting back I found tons of free time opening up um and I'm podcasting more uh I launched a French podcast at least I'm recording it and I will launch it once I get enough uh podcasts together uh and I've I've gone uh uh, back to school, I'm uh, working my way slowly towards uh, being able to sign up for a, a PhD in philosophy. Um, and, you know, because I have more mental time, I'm able to to handle some of these uh, courses and, and books and topics. Um, and a lot of these things, I mean, Facebook, you feel like you're having an influence and you are, you know, it's a broad influence. So if I post something, you know, it's, I've got 900 friends, they're not all following me, but it's, it's, it's likely that 300 people or more will see what I post, which is huge. Um, but it's like, that's broad, but it might not be deep, you know, and, and sometimes the things that we can do that are deep, you know, making relationships. Um, maybe someday I'll write a book or, um, you know, teach classes or something like that. Like that can be a deeper long-term thing and better place to put my time. I find that I'm a lot less anxious. And as I started this off with, I really think that anxiety and stress are things that we need to take a lot more seriously than we have uh, as a Christian community and as a society. Um, and I find myself getting less connected to like all those people out there that I kind of know, and more more connected to this tight circle of people that... Um, that I text sometimes and that live close to me that I see in church. And, you know, like that's just a little bit more healthy and normal to just the people that are close to me face to face or else are on my small group. Um, those, those are the people within that, that I feel closer to. Um, I've started, although I'm not super good at this, but, um, I kind of got burned a little bit, burned out a little bit to, um facebook news and realizing that you know just to put all the news that i digest in in my life and how i find out about what's happening in the world it's almost all coming through facebook and facebook is not a very reliable source i mean um people can can like i could just go online right now find a picture from somewhere um and use an app and write some comments on it and start and post it and somebody might think that's news and if it's a good meme you know, like that that meme might get some traction and get posted around. Um, with no name attached to it, there's no links to further sources, there's no nothing, you know. Whereas, um, you know, a traditional news outlet, sure, they tend to be liberal, they tend to be biased, um, you know, and, and us Christians can get really annoyed at that. But, you know, every time somebody writes a news article, they're putting their name to it. And so not only is the the newspaper or the journal staking their reputation on that but the individual author is saying i'm the one that wrote this so if it's against a person saying you know we're telling you more information about this person that person can come back and sue them for libel if they can't back up their claims with facts um and so they and we as a society it has taken a long time to build this up you know um we aren't back in the wild west days of uh the printing press where anybody was just printing anything and calling it news like there is actually you can go to school for journalism and and there's etiquette and there's protocols and there's rules and uh, i think that it might as much as you know the facebook news um is kind of a corrective and pushing against this institution which has kind of become corrupt um but at the same time you know maybe we need a little bit of both maybe we need a little bit of uh subscribing to some some traditional news outlets uh to balance out our Facebook use that that can be very 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 one-sided um and my last comment was the thing that i found is that lo and behold people still like me <laughs> like i don't know what i was expecting exactly but um I guess I was expecting that people would just forget about me, you know, if I wasn't posting daily and often. And to some extent, yes, that happens, you know, that I post something and I don't get nearly the same number of comments and likes and, and um, you know, things that, and the interest that I used to. But I'm surprised as I post something substantive, uh, something, you know, that I, that I've been thinking about for a while and I put thought into how to craft it and then I put it out there as a discussion point or as a comment or as a teaching, I get, I get still get good interest, you know, I still get my, you know, 15 or 20 likes, you know, and, and 10 comments and, and deep, you know, people thinking about it and people commenting and, and discussing and the world hasn't forgotten about me. Uh, the world doesn't forget that I exist just because I'm not letting them in on the day by day drama of my life. Um, in fact, as I think about the people that I have unfollowed, uh, going back to that comment from earlier about, um, you know, just for Sandy's sake, sometimes we unfollow people and just, you know. The people that I have unfollowed often, it's because they just overpost, you know. And in one day, they're posting like five or six things, and it's complete, you know. Like, get over yourself. You're not the royal family, you know. Um, and I've got other things to do with my time you know and eventually i unfollow people there's actually people that i have put in a different category where if they post anything at all i want to know about it and i actually i forget how to do that because uh, i'm kind of illiterate for facebook stuff but there's one guy in particular that posts about once every two months one of my uh, friends he's uh, in the baby boomer generation so he's very much less active on Facebook but when he posts it comes up on my feed as a comment like it's it's priority Um, because he doesn't post often but when he does I want to know what what it is that he said Uh, and so uh, I guess that as I'm as I'm finding a bit more sanity as I'm backing off I'm hoping that I become somebody kind of like that that I don't post tons and tons at least not to everybody in the whole world Although, you know, my friends and family and my parents can see family pictures and things like that more often. Um, But I hope that when I do post, it's something substantive and something interesting and something that um, truly benefits people that read it and makes the world a better place. So uh, I hope that that is helpful to you um, as you think about how to approach Facebook from a more sane point of view.